Yo, welcome to the airlist. This is your boy Elliot Nelson, and we are well, not really back, but this is the very first episode of the airlist. If you checked out the trailer, if you subscribe to the podcast, thank you so much. Uh, we do appreciate you over here. If you are new here, go ahead and hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcasting at. And then also, if you're on YouTube, go ahead and head over to YouTube and hit that subscribe button there as well, because we'll do some little reaction videos to things that's going on in the culture, as well as some faith-based stuff as well. And this episode is really, or let me backtrack a little bit for those who are new. Everybody's kind of new here, so let me just backtrack and tell you everything that's going on with this specific show. We're here to not only talk about culture and faith things, but also be able to uh, amplify influential voices. And so today's episode is no different. Uh, the guy you know that we have on the show for today uh, is no other than my brother Austin Smith. Uh, he is someone who I regard as really a faithful man of God. He's doing a lot of things in the kingdom. But one of the most interesting things to me is how he once started a church and then ended up leaving. Well, not necessarily leaving. You can tell me more about that later, Austin. But uh, he ended up kind of stepping away, doing something different, and then went into life coaching. But before we get into any of that, uh, Austin, why don't you tell me, bro, like tell everyone that's listening really who you are, what you're about, um, the whole nine, how you even came to to your faith, all of those things. Oh man, that's a that's a complex uh, question. First, man, just thank you for allowing me to be in this space with you. Um, it's definitely an honor. So just glad to be here and um, chop it up, tap in with you. Uh, I'm I'm starting to, I guess, when people ask me this question, I'm starting with a different answer than I have in years past. Normally, I would kick off and tell you my credentials, kind of tell you like what I'm doing. Um, but I've been in a journey of I'm not even trying to be deep, but just been in a journey of the reality where I'm at to start off with. I just always say I'm valuable. Like, that's what I like to start off with. And not in an arrogant sense, but in a sense of like, I start with value because out of my value, that's what I do. So, right. um, yeah, I'm a valuable person. Um, nothing at it. Um, and then from there, um, out of that value. Yeah, I'm a husband. I've uh, been married for six years. I have two boys. Uh, so my oldest is about to be four this month. My youngest is one. We got two boys in the house, so you know it's crazy over here. And uh, yeah, as you mentioned, kind of like at the beginning, uh, I've done a little bit of everything when it comes to just uh, ministry, uh, but also uh, I've seen corporate experience with marketing, graphic design. I'm a creative. Um, I'm a PK. I mean, there's a lot there, man. I, I honestly don't know where to start. Um, but, um, yeah, as you mentioned as well, pastor as well. Um, I'm a basketball junkie. I love hoops. I love fashion. I'm, yeah. I'm just like, I, I think sometimes when we ask these questions or we, we, are like, we give these responses, we try to come up with this polished like yeah. bio and that's just not me. I'm, I'm a, I'm a everyday, like chill guy that like, yo, come to the crib. We watch, we watch the game. I like wings, flats. Um, you know, flats only? yeah, flats only. Oh, I mean, I'll, 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 I'll eat, eat drumsticks. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, forget the drumsticks. I'm an all flat guy myself, so I'm not yeah, yeah. like like straight up. And anybody that's hating on all flats, we you just go ahead and pause this episode, go to another show because <laughs> <laughs> like we do the flats ministry over here. Flats ministry, bro. So yeah, man, I'm. A, I, I like to say I'm just a 
I'm a laid back guy, man. I, it, I'm I'm just in, enjoying life where I'm at. You know, it doesn't really take much to impress me. Like I said, I love fashion, I love sneakers. Um, and then, of course, most importantly, man, not to sound cliche, I love Jesus. Like, yeah. and that that love for Him has really transformed into a relationship beyond it just being language and literature to being experience. So, I know it's a uh, kind of like a pot of pot of gumbo that I gave you just now and we can just kind of yeah. however you want to go at it we can go at it but that's just a little bit yeah. that's in the bowl you know what I'm saying so I, I think what what really has intrigued me one um because we we we've talked and we've known each other for a couple of years now and so what I've always known about the connection we've had is that we, you know we we are similar in a whole lot of ways mm-hmm. outside of the fact that you know you're a Laker fan but that's <laughs> so we all the right choice <laughs> but I, I think the the best thing that I, i've heard outside of you know you love jesus is that you're valuable so walk us through how you get to the place of just saying that you're valuable like what what happened in the life of austin to make to to kind of go a different route than what most people would probably even go and just say yo i'm i'm just valuable that's it yeah man i think for me starting off, like I'm a PK, right? So, um, my parents, um, growing up, I've, I've been blessed to have two amazing parents, healthy marriage, not perfect, like any, any marriage, but definitely healthy. Um, and you know, just growing up, I feel there was a, there was a pressure, um, sometimes from my parents, but even more from myself to feel like I had to live up to this standard because of who my parents were. Right. Um, you know, when you're a PK, all the people at the church know, know you, you kind of get some preferential treatment. Um, but then also people, there's a, there's an extra layer of eyes. I feel like that's on you. And as you grow older, you feel like you can't make mistakes in a sense. So it's a very performance driven life. And then me being an athlete, um, play basketball, ran track and, you know, being an athlete, that's performance all day. Your 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 scale your um, you're measured by what you produce on whatever playing field that you're on. So you have my origin of like how I grew up um, as a PK. Then you couple that with sports, and then you just have it all mushed together. You know, with an individual who's still trying to figure himself out in college. So there's this there's this uh, pattern of always trying to find who I am. Um, outside of who I am. And, you know, with college, it was organizations, it was women, it was, you know, trying to quote unquote, make a name for myself. Uh, even, man, you you would think, okay, once you get married, because sometimes, and I don't know, I might get some slack for this, but in Christian community, we we make marriage the end goal. So we we think that once you get married, then you just, you just made it, you, you made it to heaven. Like it's, it's the end all be all when in actuality, it's a starting point um, and a whole new starting point, a new journey. And um, so it doesn't complete you. It only reveals what's on the inside of you. And for me, I realized like my first years of marriage, there was still like a lot of competition. Like I'm competing with my wife <laughs> over stupid stuff. You know what I'm saying? So those were just, I think um, things just got highlighted that was still in me. Um, even in the sense of ministry, man, like trying to prove myself in large mega churches, um, and roles that I had in those ministries, um, especially when you're one of the only African-American 
um, I don't want to say employees, but people on, on, on the staff. team, on the yeah. staff. Yeah, on staff. So uh, that's the aspect. Then you go to a smaller church and you're kind of like second in charge. And there's a there's a pressure on you that you feel like you have to live up to. And people are looking at you as like an AP. And then you start a church. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, you get to that doing a plant and it's like, all right, you know, you're looking at, you know, what's my value predicated upon how I pastor, you know, um, you're comparing yourself to other churches on social media. And I started therapy in 2021. Mm -hmm. And I think that was what that was the start for me. Um, It's one of the best decisions. I I definitely believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. He is my friend. He's my advocate. He's my counselor. Uh, But when you get through, you need to use the Holy Spirit and you need to have someone who's not biased. And you need to process that instead of just praying over it, because a lot of times we'll just say we'll just pray over it. And we actually um, end up projecting that onto other people who had nothing to do with the situation. So therapy for me, man, was something huge, especially as a black man. And I I would encourage other brothers not to force it on them, but just to um, open the door of curiosity that you may have. And I think it will um, reveal some things within you that can make you a better man for yourself. And then in whatever roles that you that you have in society. But yeah, you know, one day my my therapist was just like, you know, your value isn't predicated upon the things that you think is predicated upon. You're valuable, period. And the way she said it, the way she said it, man, it just like something just clicked that day where it's just like for so long in my life, I've always had a comma after the word value. Yeah, uh, I'm valuable because I'm a PK. I'm valuable because, oh, I didn't do this today. I'm valuable because, you know, oh, I, I, I do this. Like, it's very legalistic, very law-like. And um, when you live by the law, the law uh, highlights, and it, 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 like Paul said, it, it, it revealed uh, the sinful nature. You know what I'm saying? Like, it gives power to sin. So when you start to walk in the freedom of Christ, which I love, you know, what you're on with the air, the airless, um, and then kind of tapping into that understanding of being a joint heir. I even got it tatted on me. I got a throne on my forearm, you know, just, just as a reminder for myself that like, you know, I'm seated, like I'm an heir. Um, but it's, it's, it sounds like, okay, you, you, you finally understand it, but every day, man, even days like this today, you know, if I'm, if I'm keeping it a book, like it's, it's a constant reminder. Like I just finished preaching about sonship and then the next day after you got to be reminded to live it out. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a, it's a continuous journey, man. But one that I'm thankful that I'm learning now at 31 rather than later, you know? So walk me through, you started a church in the middle of the pandemic, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you therapy <laughs> in the middle of the pandemic too. So did therapy, well, one, let's walk through starting the church in the middle of the pandemic and kind of what your thought process could have been, because um, I don't want to make any claims that you've like you know left the church or anything like that. Oh yeah, I feel you. Or the church is still existing, so I want want you to tell your story on that specifically if you're ready to do so. Um, but as far as like starting a church and then, I guess in a way, kind of shifting, how much did therapy play a part in that? But more importantly, like what exactly happened? Yeah, man. I think so. To kick off, I'll start backwards. So when we when we first started the church, even before then, I've always heard there's a call for me to pastor like on my life. Right. 
And um, I think sometimes when we hear that, uh, we we automatically throw it into the same pool that we've always seen it as. And that means uh, start a church or be like the head guy. And, you know, around about like 2019 or so, I had like this internal, I would say like this internal, I don't say war, that's extreme, but just like this this feeling inside that I couldn't really explain. I didn't know where I was. I, I got kind of tired of church as I seen it. And I kind of had got, I guess, familiar, if you might say, of knowing what church was going to look like that Sunday. So I knew how it was going to flow for the day. And it just become very mundane. And I was like, man, there's got to be more than this. Now, I'm an advocate for the church. I just believe sometimes, you know, in my experience, uh, we can get very comfortable with what we've known and what we've seen based upon the model. And we never allow our minds to enter a new reality of what new looks like. When we, when we, when we use the word new, we always, we always compare it to something or a model that we've seen before. And that's not really new. New means you've never seen or experienced it before. So for me, I had like this feeling for new in the inside. Um, and I knew pastoring the, the talks with my former pastor were starting to come up more and more. And, uh, you know, we, we had the conversations and I, honestly, man, I, de- I never wanted to start a church. I honestly uh, had started to become interested in chaplaincy. And that was something that I was like, man, that feels like more of my lane. That feels like more of my steez. Like I can still, you know, walk with people, uh, teach, but do it in a way that I feel like is authentically me. And, um, you know, especially with the game of basketball. So that was something I was starting to explore a little bit more. But I honestly didn't know which way to go. Uh, and at the time, I really respected my pastor. And, um, you know, sometimes in the past, I will admit, and I could be man enough to say, sometimes I've allowed what people wanted for Austin to dictate what Austin should do instead of, you uh, leaning more into, all right, Lord, like, what is it that you have me to do? Not because of what somebody else wants for me, but like, what do you truly want me to do? And that's, that's been a hard journey to navigate through sometimes, man, if, I, if I'm keeping it real. So uh, we had a conversation. I, I said, hey, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm feeling something different, but I don't know. And I allowed, you know, I allowed my insecurities to, to, to allow me to make a decision to stay in something comfortable in which I, well, you, you feel what I'm saying, something I, I was used to. So that long story short, you know, we, we, we uh, start our, our vision planning and everything and um, March hits and that's when the pandemic kicks off. And, you know, still um, I'm the type of person that just, just goes full force, like, right. um, you know, tunnel vision uh, end up, you know, getting a team together and we end up launching officially in August of, of 2020. And, uh, I felt at the time, man, this was what I was supposed to do. I felt, you know, I had prayed, fasted, uh, you know, trying to figure out, all right, Lord, what does this look like? And, um, you know, this is my, this is me, uh, finally, I guess, being obedient to the call, you know, everybody talks about the call, the call, the call. And I finally answered the phone and I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. hated it, bro. Like I, 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 it looked like on social media sometimes that, Oh man, like you're doing it, you know, like, and like, okay, cool. Like you're teaching and everything, but teaching and pastoring are two different things. Right. Some people like their favorite preacher 
on Instagram, but they don't like them as a pastor. And some people um, don't understand that pastors may not be great preachers. So, like, like there's a there's a distinct there's a distinction between the two. And um, I, I started to realize that, like, yo, like this is this seat is is different. Um, so from August to, you know, about November um, to, uh, 2020, you know, it wasn't I had some some fun moments. But overall, it's just like this. This doesn't just it doesn't it felt like it wasn't the way that God has shown me. And we were still a part of our former ministry. We had planted out of them. And uh, I had the conversation again. Well, my pastor said, hey, like, you know, I, I just don't think it's the way that this is the way I'm seeing it. Um, and we had our differences, ended up making a decision to to launch and to do it the way that I had felt. And um, of course, I could have did things a little different. I could be mad enough to say that. But overall, we decided to become Reveal. So that was the name of our church, Reveal Church. And that was uh, we made the decision in December. We kind of relaunched, if you might say, in January of 2021. Right. And uh, it was still great, man. Like we had some powerful moments. Uh, we were a young church, about 70 percent college students. Uh, so very young. Um, a lot of things, man, that we could have did different. But it was just a lot happening. You know, you got the pandemic going on. You have uh, we lost two members to death my first year of pastoring. Um, one one to COVID. One passed away in her sleep. Uh, I found out. The first one, the day I got back from my sabbatical, uh, I'm I'm going through that. I'm going through just leadership stuff with my team, you know, trying to just train people up and figuring out what this pastor looked like that on top of prep work and then doing one on ones. And then also I'm running a business as an entrepreneur because at the time we don't have the funding for me to have a salary. Um, and then, you know, 2021, my, my youngest son's having health issues. Uh, my wife just had him in, in March of 2021. Uh, so it was just a lot of life happening where, you know, during that time, I'm caring for everybody else in the pandemic and everybody else kind of has that reset, um, I guess, moment in their lives. But I didn't get that, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's that's that was like the kind of the journey of pastoring. And then, you know, April of 2022. Um, it's just crazy. It feels like it's been much longer than that, man. But, um, even before April, you know, I just started, uh, I would say at the end of 2020, um, yeah, I would say 2020, no, 2021. I'm sorry. I feel like the Lord gave me the word shift and Mm -hmm. I thought it was for the church. I was like, okay, cool. We about to shift into, you know, you know, we take, we will take something God said, but we don't know what it means. So we'll just take it for what we think. And, uh, I thought it was for the church. I was like, all right, we about to take off. We about to you know, we about to grow. We about to, um, God's about to do it. And I didn't realize the shift was for, for me and something he wanted to do on the inside of me. And, uh, we changed our format with church. We made it more communal. We made it more conversation based, uh, did breakout groups. We just, we just changed our entire format because, um, I wanted to make it more tangible for, for the people that were attending. And it was amazing, man. And, um, but around April or so, um, I talked to my wife and just, we, like I said, the things that we had going on, not just, you know, with the church, but just figuring out like, you know, for our home. And uh, I was just like, you know, where do you, where do you feel like we are right now with the church? And um, she's like, man, I, I honestly feel like it's it's time to transition. And normally I would get mad, man. Normally I would get upset, yeah. but um, I had already been feeling that 
and I didn't understand it because I was like, man, we just, you know, we're just getting started. But I just I couldn't get language for it, you know. So when my wife said it, it was like, okay. And then in April, I took a trip for a pastor's retreat to just get away and just honestly, like, recover, man. Like, I was probably, like, on 5%. Um, Just needed some time to get clear and, like, get instructions. Like, Lord, like, if this is what you're instructing us to do, I need you to tell me, like, what this is going to look like because I don't have a plan B. I don't have a backup plan. Um, You know, there's nothing wrong. So, like, when people usually step down from a church, they're looking for scandal. They're looking for something yeah. like an affair, money getting stolen, you know, what's going on. None of those things happen. And like, you're not used to seeing pastors choose the healthy route before it becomes unhealthy. Right. So for me, it was like, all right, like, Lord, if you're telling me to shift, like, what does that look like? Cause I'm always used to having a plan B and there was no plan B, bro. So it's like after prayer, you know, we fasted, we prayed about it. Um, May 1st of 2022, uh, stood before my congregation and um, I let them know. Of course, I told my team before, but uh, yeah, that was my last Sunday. And it's been top five, no cap. It's been top five, one of the best decisions I've ever made um, for Austin and for my family. That has literally shifted, like no pun intended, it shifted the trajectory for, for my family. So, yeah. Wow. So... The, the my follow up question is you now that you know stepping down from pastoring one is Reveal Church still a church? Nah, so we we made the decision to dissolve the the ministry. Okay, uh, I, I didn't I didn't I didn't feel like there was anyone that we could like put in place. Right, and um, and then we we had discussed like possibly doing like a merge, but merging ministries is is a is another thing within itself. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to merge for the sake of just trying to fix something that I needed to like sit down and heal from. Yeah. Um, Because I could easily just merge with a ministry and, you know, okay, well, somebody else helps me out now, but I still am bleeding on new people because I haven't taken time to heal and to get what I need. And like, for me, I knew that, I needed to take care of Austin, but then also instead of pastoring people outside, I needed to pastor my family, bro. Yeah. And um, like my wife sacrificed so much that people will never know. Um, My children, as young as they are, sacrifice, you know, um, meeting times and, you know, just always doing stuff for the ministry where I'm just like, yeah, like something has to change. Something has right. to change. So, yeah. So after, you know, dissolving the ministry and, you know, coming to this revelation in yourself, you then kind of started dabbling into life coaching. Does that mm-hmm. kind of go back into tandem with the idea of you wanting to be a chaplain or a chaplain? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, to be honest, man, I never really like, um, like life coaching just, I feel like it's become like a hot thing as yeah. of late. So I didn't really know what that was, right? Like when I was pastoring, people don't realize, man, I was doing a lot. I was I was lead pastor of a church. I was running a graphic design business as an entrepreneur. Um, but then also besides just the non-negotiables with like my family, like mm-hmm. I was getting my certification as well. So 
it was like pretty much like I was going like in school again. And the way I got into that, um, shout out to one of my mentors, Miss Christina Lee, um, a Paradigm 360 um, coaching and consulting. Like she's amazing, man. And she, I, I met her, I think in 2019. And she asked me to volunteer uh, for an event that she had. And that was when we made the initial connection. We talked here and there, but it wasn't honestly until like 2021. Um, yeah, I want to say 2021, end of 2021, she reached out to me and said, you know, like you came up in my heart and feel like you need to, you need to, um, go through the program and everything. What, what do you think about that? So she let me come on a trial uh, class and I was like, man, this could be something cool. I, I honestly didn't know what I was getting into. Cause I was like, is this yeah. like counseling? Is it coaching, mentoring? Like, what is it? And, um, so I started in, in January of it's like January or February of this year and uh, got double certification. And in the second certification, you have to take uh, yourself not only through the course, but you have to walk someone else through it as well. And it's, it's called um, uh, life focus. So life focus coaching. And what was crazy is bro, like as I'm going through it and as I'm walking through the curriculum, like it's literally like my life, (laughs) like, like talking about like just going deeper within yourself, figuring out the layers of who you are. Like, why do you do what you do? What do you purpose to do? And for so long, I have only been consulting my, like consulting one side of myself. So I only knew who I was as like ministry Austin in the church. And I think for so many of us, man, we limit ourselves to all we know because it's comfortable. And freedom feels foreign when you're used to all you know, you know, um, and sometimes you don't realize how dysfunctional you are because it's become so functional. Wow. So life coaching, it, it so for from what you kind of just detailed to me, it seems like God kind of really kind of put you back into the right alignment of what you needed to be in. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree, man. And it's crazy, bro. Like he's, he's even before we made the decisions, man, everything has been so orchestrated. You know, the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. That's been a scripture that I've, I've come to have greater appreciation for, man, because when they're ordered, they've been arranged, meaning there's nothing you can do about it. You know? So a lot of times, excuse me, it's like, you you see that um, through order steps, a lot of times the steps don't make sense. So you're taking steps that just seem random, but in actuality, they're pieces that he's piecing together mm. uh, for a bigger picture. And that sounds so cliche, but like, you know, there's been a lot of healing that I've done too, because there's moments where I used to get bitter about my journey yeah. because I'm just like, man, God, why'd you let this happen? Why do we have to go through that? Why do we have to go through that? But, you know, everything has been orchestrated. Everything has been arranged. So, you know, from my start in ministry at large mega churches to smaller churches of like 30 to 40 people, starting a church in the pandemic, uh, even my upbringing. And then, you know, being introduced to chaplaincy, being introduced to life coaching, having different experience with doing chapels, like just so many things in the pot. I'm like, yo, like this doesn't make sense. And then you know, just relationships that the Lord brought around me organically where I wasn't, I wasn't trying to kick the door down, but 
me choosing my family, me choosing Austin was almost like a domino effect where it's just like stuff just started happening. It just uh, did not make sense. And, you know, yeah, man, I, I think it's definitely a sense of alignment. That was one thing. Um, a gentleman that has, has essentially been my pastor now who I, who I'm held accountable to. He's been my covering. Um, even before we made a decision, he said, it's going to be a decision of alignment for you. It's going to yeah. be a decision of alignment. Wow. And, and bro, when I say like the alignment has been crazy, like, it's been, I don't want to say crazy, it's just been God-ordained, man. It's been God-ordained. Full of peace, bro. Full of peace. Yeah, yeah. That's dope, man. So you mentioned your upbringing and being a PK. Yep. One of the things that, you know, that has been big in my life is really understanding my identity as an heir. When you were growing up as a PK, how did you identify as an heir then compared to now? uh the best way i could describe it is like the let me see maybe it's like the prodigal son but a lot of times Mm -hmm. we look at the prodigal son as the one who left prodigal literally just means to be reckless um yeah and and wasteful uh so the stuff the son who stayed is just as much as a prodigal than the one who left meaning he he had access to everything that he needed but didn't realize what he had uh, because he felt like he had to work for it. Like, I think when you look at the text, it said the son had came in from the fields and he said, you know, all these years I've been slaving for you. And it's just like, bro, like, you got double the inheritance, you're on the estate. Why would you even use language as a, as a slave? Because the language he uses is how he sees himself. Right. So for me, it's like, yeah, I was a son, but it was very legalistic. You know what I'm saying? It was very performance-based. The sonship was based upon my performance instead of realizing that the sonship came from my DNA. And, you know, I, I was introduced to church before I was introduced to Jesus and it's not my parents' fault. You know, I think right. they just did what they knew. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we can blame our parents for stuff. Like, now that, that's not their fault. They train up a child in the way they, they should go. They did what they thought was best. And you yeah. have to understand that your parents had different backgrounds. My daddy was Pentecostal. Mama grew up in holiness. You do the math. Come on. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, <laughs> Um, and then we went to Baptist and we went to non-denominational, like I, I, I'm a church mutt. So it's just like, I've seen a little bit of everything. So for me, as I'm growing older, it was like, I, I tell people, man, I feel like my relationship with Jesus really started to become like, it felt like a relationship, like in my late twenties. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like, I got introduced, introduced to the grace of God, um, introduced to like, it's, it sounds bad saying this, introduced to the book of Romans, Galatians, like actually studying it, reading it, and it like transformed my life. You know what I'm saying? Those are two books that just like really, really just opened my eyes. And then there's also this book called Unveiling Jesus uh, by mm-hmm. Trisha Gunn. Crazy. Like it's, 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 it's a beautiful book, man, because it just, it gave language to like the questions that I had that nobody else could answer or wasn't yeah. answering. And through just that study and just like kind of diving into the grace of God, seeing what books of Romans talks about with the law and Galatians, I'm just like, yo, like, why has no, like, nobody's ever talked about this? Like joint air, like what, what is this? You know what I'm saying? And that started to become like this new journey for me where I'm like, yo, this is, this is different. Yeah. So we mention access all the time and having access to God. What was a pivotal moment in your life where you really felt like you had access to God? Mm, 
time I felt like I had access to God, man. What like made you say, man, like I'm truly like you really see me as a son, like as someone, you know, I, I like using big words. So me seeing myself as a king in the eyes of God, like, mm-hmm. and, and seeing myself as an heir, as someone who is an heir to a throne and having an inheritance, like, I think through many moments and even on my life of like, wow, like you, I can name even faith-based moves of like moving, moving from Indiana to Raleigh with, with a whole family and like little to no money, uh, those type of things. And I can ultimately say like, that's God teaching me that I am a son. Mm-hmm. So what was a pivotal moment for you where you were able to like sit back and say, wow, like this, like this relationship I have with God is really real. And he really sees me as a son. Yeah, I think two moments, bro. Appreciate you clarify that. Two moments for me started in 2019. 2019 was the introduction. I had just uh, started the new job, just got a raise, just bought a house. And literally two weeks after my raise, I get let go. No warning. Like, we're going to a different direction with the company. And 2019 was the hard, one of the hardest years of my life because as a man, my identity was so wrapped in my ability to provide for my family um my my ability to do my ability to produce uh and now you know i'm at the crib with my son applying for jobs not getting anything and i'm at the crib watching my son while my while my my wife she she's in the office yeah and like as a man that does something to you you know what oh, I'm saying? I know. you know what i'm saying like <laughs> yeah so for me it was like oh shoot like the paradigm is starting to like and I didn't realize that now, I mean, back then, but looking back now, I'm like, that's where it started. But then yeah. I would say, like, really tapping into it, bro, like, for real, for real, I'm going to keep it a bean. Like, after stepping down. Yeah. Because, like, when you, when you, like, sometimes we as pastors will, like, allow the role to, like I said, give us the validity and our identity and, like, it hides so well a lot of insecurities that we have. I get to preach and people look at me and they, they depend on me. Like we like being needed. We like people texting us, even if we complain about it being inconvenient at times, we like the the idea that someone thinks that I'm at a place in my journey with God that, you know, that the wisdom that I have, which it ain't really you in the first place, it's him, but the wisdom that he's giving you that they they need that we like the the feeling of being needed but when the text stop coming to you when you're not preaching every week and yeah. no no longer when you introduce yourself you say oh yeah my name is Austin I'm a pastor and this is the church like that's not a part of the the elevator speech and people yeah. people ask you like oh so what you doing now I don't know like for I, there's a moment man where I, I used to get so frustrated because I'm just like I'm tired of feeling like I have to like tell people I don't know because I'm so used to knowing. Right. And it was in that moment, in those moments, like the, the days where I'm just sitting, the days where I, I don't know where I feel like the reality of like the sonship and the access that I have really started to take root even deeper. You know, um, studying grace and becoming, I guess, going deeper into the the beauty of grace, who is Jesus, like that, that was kind of like digging up some things. But then when you finally like are not attached to what you've been so accustomed to. It's like, it all starts to like come together layer by layer. You know what I'm saying? 
And um, yeah, like access for me in this space, man, it's it's been really it's been really interesting because just like it's it's been in the form of uh, affirmation from God and 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 fresh in new ways. It's been in a community that He's put put me around. Uh, people are like get concerned, like, well, where are you going to church? Who's your home church? All this stuff was just like, you know, we're growing to figure out what that looks like. But God has given us beautiful community, uh, right. brother, brothers that he's put around me, um, yeah. re- relationships uh, with guys in the league that this time last year, I didn't have any relationships with, with guys in the league. But the Lord has literally orchestrated relationships now, literally orchestrated, like people I never knew mm-hmm. reach out to me. And say, hey, the Lord put put you on my heart. I don't even know you, bro. Like, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But like relationships like that, uh, God establishing mentors, like access like that. And then just like what he's done for my family, man. Like he's he's made my house a home again. Yeah. Like that's that's what matters to me, bro. Cause like you can have all the things that you think access provides and like walking in this room, walking in that room. And then you come to the room of your house, your home, and your wife ain't rocking with you or your kids don't know you because you always missing their stuff. Like, nah, yeah. bro. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, like that's what that's what it's looked like, you know, on a practical tip. Man, that's so good. Um, especially the house becoming a home again thing. Like mm-hmm. I can I can tell how many times, you know, job may have gotten in the way because you know, I currently work a job that works off of PS or, or Pacific Standard Time mm. hours. And so literally be up at 8, 8 p.m., finally closing the laptop for the day. And, you know, wife and, and daughter have ran to the grocery store. And, you know, there's a little little bit of friction because, you know, daddy should be there, too, mm-hmm. um, doing those family moments. So. Hearing that is like, man, like, you know, that that's a part of access that the Lord. And that's one of the things even for me where I just now realized not even a few days ago really what pushed me to go ahead and do this podcast where somebody was telling me about my my college career. And I told them, I said, yeah, like I, w- I went to school for business administration, but I wanted to change my major to um, to mass com. Mm. And. Uh, they were like, well, why didn't you? I said, well, my dad told me I wasn't going to make no money. <laughs> mm, mm. I didn't want to just go to school. And, I, and then my dad was doing the right thing uh, and making sure that my investment in college was the right thing to do. But they were like, yeah, but you heard from God at that time and you didn't realize it. And Jeez. like that literally, that literally opened my eyes just last week. It just happened just last week. And it kind of like was like, whoa, like, like the access that I have from God is far greater than just me having this job. Like, he wants my he wants me to do the very thing that he has blessed me with to do. Yes. You know, the thing the passionate thing that I found in college that I touch and go with from a from a year to year basis and don't really commit to it because I'm thinking that the best thing to do is make sure there's food on the table. Mm. And this kind of, you know, reverts back to I think we've had the conversation before on like men and work, which is a whole different episode yeah. <laughs> um, of men and working and what, like I even found in scripture, I told somebody about like what God really meant by men working and not necessarily you clocking in for a nine to five job, mm. which obviously in today's society, like men will have to work five jobs to, prov- to provide for a family in this, in this economy. Yeah. But having the access of knowing that, man, like the Lord not only wants us to be fruitful in our 
gifting, but he wants us, our, our houses to be fruitful as well mm-hmm. with peace and love and all these different things. I think that was a really solid point. Mm-hmm. Um, last question is, is this for me? You mentioned life coaching, you know, doing those things, chaplaincy, and then you mentioned that you got some, you know, big league contacts. Now, I don't know what God has done in your life for you to have some NBA uh, NBA contacts or NFL contacts, but he need to bless me with some of them contacts. <laughs> but seriously, though, what is Austin's big God dream for his life? Mm. And I say God dream because if it was your dream, you would be able to do it without him. Yeah, yeah. I'm still – I. you want the truth? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I I can tell you what I think, but like you said, you know, I I would desire that it be more than I can think, ask, or imagine. So, yeah. in my in my comprehension and in my intellect, it would be me waking up every day, walking along, uh, walking alongside individuals within professional sports, uh, to help them see one that they're valuable beyond the court, um, beyond the field. And that's yeah. just just loving the person behind the player. Uh, yeah. A lot of people love the players, but they don't want to understand the, the person. Um, that's good. So, yeah. so for me to be able to do that, uh, and you know, just be able to teach, uh, preach the gospel, but even more, just love my family, travel with my wife, uh, love on my kids, uh, have multiple streams of income, and financial freedom for us to. Uh, be generous givers and to live a generous life beyond finances. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. How, how that looks, what that looks like, man, I'm I'm still figuring that out. That's still on the draft board. But what I can tell you is I see the dots starting to connect. And um, for me right now, it's, and this is easier said than done. It sounds great on a podcast. It's, It's harder to live on a, on a Monday night, but for me, it's, it's, it's saying, okay, Lord, whatever whatever field that you uh, have me in right now, I'm going to steward that and steward it well. Yeah. So if it's if it's a one relationship with a player or five, um, I'm a steward. If it's you know teaching at a church every three months, or if it's teaching at a church every other week, itinerary, um, I'm gonna I'm a steward that or. You know, man, if if I never get the things on my list, but the legacy of my life is that man loved Jesus. He walked with him in a tangible way where after you talk to him, like you could tell like he really loves Jesus and he loves his wife. He loves his boys and he's a phenomenal husband. He's like a dope dad. Like he's I didn't want kids before, but like, you know, not using him as a model, but just seeing the love that he had for his children. Mm-hmm. brought an intrigue for me to say, you know what? I was fearful because of maybe the relationship that I have with my father and it skewed my, my understanding of, of, of fatherhood. But man, he makes me want to at least try or think about it. Like that, that, that's the, that's the dream. Everything else is icing on the cake, bro. Chaplain yeah. icing on the cake, uh, preaching yeah. icing on the cake. Um, but the priority is like my, my, my friendship with Jesus the seed of friendship that I share with him, uh, my union with my beautiful wife 
and not just talking the game because it sounds good on the church bio. No, like she is my first ministry. My family yeah. is my first ministry and I'm living that. And, yeah. um, you know, to be there for my boys, like Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm at T-ball. Like it's right. on the calendar. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yeah. You know, um, I'm in the dream. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the dream, bro. I'm in the dream. So anything else will be will be icing on the cake. And I thank God for it and give him the glory. But um, I'm in it, bro. Well, that's good, man. And I, and and one like and even when I, I came up with that question on the fly and you kind of knocked that one out the park. So for those who are coming on the show afterwards, you're going to have to um try to try to top that one but man uh it was it was a pleasure uh you know just being able to sit down and and really you know hear from you um and really talk through some of the things that have gone on it, it felt it feels like it's been forever but it's only been a couple of years since like you 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 know were doing the pastoring of the church and then you kind of transition out like it feels like it's been a long time ago the pandemic it does bro <laughs> slowed down a whole lot of things yeah yeah um, but for those who are, are probably, you know, interested in hearing or seeing more about you, you know, you can plug your, your socials and, and let people know where they can find you at. Yeah, man. Instagram, Austin, A-U-S-T-I-N-X-G-E-R-A-R-D. So Austin X Gerard. That's my Instagram handle. Uh, website, uh, com. So that's where you can book me for life coaching services or uh, speaking engagements for your church or organization and those will be the two main points of contact for me so uh, yeah feel, feel free to reach out and however i could be of service if, if that's what you need we'd love to, to partner with you so yeah all right man sounds good well as far as you know this show is concerned like you know like i said we'd like to amplify kingdom voices here and so if i and for all intents and purposes, I don't think anybody that comes on the show is desiring to be a A-list celebrity or B-list celebrity. This is just a vision that God gave me mm. and wanted to make sure that those who are, you know, kingdom and really, you know, out here grinding and doing their thing, loving their family and, you know, loving God and, and walking in their purpose, they get highlighted too. And so there may not be an A-list or B-list celebrity to God, but there is an A-list mm. um, and you are one of those. And so, uh, not to, you know, this isn't one of those things that like say like congratulations or anything like that. I don't have any fancy flowers to give you, even though <laughs> we are giving you your flowers a day, but you know, just, just reminding you that, you know, the Lord has you in this specific place in a specific time for a reason and you matter to the kingdom and you matter to him. And so, uh, we appreciate everything that you're doing. Um, and especially with you loving your family, like the way you do and, and, and really, you know, shifting and pivoting to ensure that they get loved. I feel, I see insp inspiration through that as well. And that makes me want to get on after I get off this interview with you to go record something else so that I can get out this mm -hmm. rat race as quick as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, man, thank you so much for, for being on the show. Uh, and this is the airless for those who are listening. Episode one, you can catch episode two whenever I get it recorded because this was the first interview that I had scheduled, and I had to go find another one now. Uh, <laughs> so if you who are, are are listening, uh, hit that subscribe button, share with a friend, um, and then you can also follow me on Instagram at the Elliot Nelson, and that's about it. So see y'all next time. Peace. <laughs>